0: The Titans are going to pretend to be the Oilers this weekend as the Texans come to town, but can they pretend to be a good football team? All that and more on this edition of the bullpen. And welcome to the bullpen. I am James Roy, and this is Tom Chavaria. And today, we're here to talk about the Texans-Titans. We're returning to the division, going up to Nashville. Going to get some Nashville hot chicken and hopefully a dub up there at Nissan Stadium, one of the worst stadiums in the entire league. We're doing a tour of the worst stadiums in the league right now. Started at MetLife, making our way over to Nissan Stadium. Good grief. Tom, how are you feeling about the matchup this weekend? I'm cautiously optimistic. That's that's, that's, that's all I got. To be. That's a good place to be. I mean, with all this talk, I you know, I have to disclose early on. You know, time of recording, we don't know. Could change between now and then. But as of right now, the hot topic is is you know Davis Mills or Case Keenum. As if the Texans haven't carried Davis Mills as their QB two on the roster for the entire season. Um, but we're we're still hopeful that CJ Stroud clears concussion protocol. You know. What's that one meme? You know, with Trevor Lawrence uh, is back from his high ankle sprain in one week. It's like, Lord, I've seen what you can do for others. I want you to do it for me. Why can't you just do it for me? Let's bring CJ back this week. (laughs) But how do you feel? What are the chances that CJ comes back this week in your mind? Just on a scale of one to hundred.
1: Me, then knowing the warrior that he is and how badly he wants to win and how much he wants to play, I'm gonna say sixty percent. I feel like if there's any chance at all, he's going to exhaust everything to try to get back on the field. I think he's well aware of what the playoffs look like, the, the whole scenario shaken out, and how big of a game this is. I think CJ is going to try to find a way. I don't know if the doctors are going to let him clear it, but I think if it's up to him, he'll play.
0: I mean, he has to be also thinking about the fact that the Titans are cosplaying as the Houston Oilers this weekend, and he has to take that to heart and feel a little disrespected. As the face of you know Houston football right now, but I mean I agree I think sixty percent is a good number I think I, I share the same sentiment as all Texans fans yourself myself included that I want CJ back this weekend but if if it's not what's best for him you know we'll we'll take our chances with someone else for CJ Stroud's long term health um, but if he can go let's get him out there I, I I'm ready to see some good football this weekend and so. Looking at the matchup, let's start by talking about how this Texans offense will fare. You know, quarterback. Regardless, this Texans offense has been uh, fourth in passing in yards per game, ninth total, twenty-fifth in rushing. Um, not not a great you know construct in terms of their ability to produce yardage. But a lot of that has rested on CJ. How, do you think it kind of felt like last week that Bobby didn't really adjust the scheme based off of what CJ had around him? Do you think there's a major adjustment if CJ is not in the game?
1: It's interesting because they've talked, at least some of the the local media has talked as if a lot of what Davis Mills and CJ do are very similar so that the game plan should be very similar as well. I think CJ probably has a little bit more mobility than Davis does. uh, But I mean, CJ doesn't want to run the football. He does it to extend plays. And I believe Davis has done that well in the past Davis has had really good games against Tennessee in the past. I don't know that I want that, but if I have to, gun to my head, I believe Davis Mills can lead this team and potentially get a victory over this Tennessee Titan club.
0: I I agree with you. I mean, one of his six 300-yard games in his career came against the Titans. Um, He's played them decently well throughout his time. He's played against the division really well. Um, It's really the only thing he's played half-decently well in his time as a Texans quarterback. Um, but looking at this matchup and speaking to Davis Mills, you already kind of said it that a local media feels like he's similar. I actually remember in the off season hearing a slightly different perspective that, that a lot of people thought the Texans might sit Stroud and start Mills to start the season because of how much better he fits into Bobby Sloak's system. So that's why I asked the question if there's adjustments because maybe Bobby Slowik's system as it was originally written is better fit for Davis Mills and he's been adjusting to CJ and maybe if Davis Mills starts he needs to you know turn around and bring it back the other way. Now, the Titans run defense. The Titans run defense is what I want to highlight. They are 14th in the league in yards per game allowed. The Texans, like I said, 25th in rushing yards per game for them. Do you think that matchup presents reason to be concerned? Do you think the Texans are even really going to try? Do you think they they should try and push harder into the run game if C.J. Stroud doesn't play.
1: I believe that if if they can find weaknesses in that run defense, that it behooves them, with all the injuries in the offense in, in, in the wide receiver room, to try to get as much as you can from your run game. Also, to take some of the pressure off of Davis or C.J. If he starts, from the simple standpoint that. I feel like over the last three weeks, the Texans have just stood back and thrown the ball a billion times. And while I love the let CJ cook. I love the idea that that's the best way to initiate our offense or the Texans offense. I should say, it's important to have some semblance of balance just to keep the defense honest. So they're not pinning their ears back and just running, you know, unabated, running, you know, I'm just pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. I think that if you're going to protect CJ, that's probably the best way to protect him. It's just not sexy. Right now, they're not running the ball like the weld-oiled machines uh, that that run the football for 100 plus yards a game. So you don't want to sit the, what's the meme where you sit the Bugatti next to the trailer? You don't want to do that when you've got CJ, (laughs) but you got to protect him. So I feel like it's a tough spot to be in. Uh, I hope whatever it is, it's better than what it was in New Jersey.
0: Yeah, I I can't help but agree with you. Now, looking at New Jersey, one of the things that happened early was Nico getting injured. And a lot of the talk, so I, I feel like we're reliving 2022. And I thank God that I wasn't having to you know produce a Texans podcast during 2022. That would have been miserable. Uh, to try and do that with the way the team was. But I feel like we're reliving it right now with this, all this Davis Mills talk. But I'll 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 dive deeper into that because everyone wants to hear about Davis Mills right now. Um, a lot of the discussion around Mills leading into the draft on, you know, people were like, maybe we don't need to take a quarterback. You know, Mills 3.0 or whatever. Uh, whatever small contingent of the Texans fan base was still on that train. Um, Davis Mills' biggest like build up that people would say is they'd be like well if he had more help around him and, you know the team's just so garbage and if Mills had more help then he'd be better i it can't help but feel that if Nico and and Dalton Schultz don't play and with Tank already out that we're just going to see Davis Mills in 2022 do you feel the same way i mean have we done anything all the players that we added that have helped that have made a better offensive environment for CJ Stroud it feels like are going to be gone by the time Davis Mills enters the game, right?
1: It feels incredibly unfair to Davis Mills. I got to believe he's sitting back going, CJ had all these awesome toys to play with, and now you give me all the broken ones. And and the one thing I'll say about Davis Mills that I think was unfair to him, he never really got a fair shake, was like he'd only had 11 games in college, and I think ideally he was always going to be a project that you were going to have to like slowly bring along and, and, and groom that sort of thing. And then he just got through into the fire right away. It's like, Oh, we got this third round guy go because of the whole Deshaun Watson thing. So I think this season has been really good for him. I think he would probably admit that privately somewhere. And you saw glimpses of him being really effective in training camp, you know, with Bobby Sloak's offense and stuff like that. So I think he can be a successful quarterback in this league it's just going to be, he needs a situation similar to like Brock Purdy. And right now he didn't have that. So it's going to be really tough to take guys like John Mechie and Noah Brown and Xavier Hutchinson, who haven't got a lot of run to begin with, and go, okay, I need y'all to be on time, sync up, and just go.
0: This well-oiled machine. It's going to be really tough. I mean, it's funny you bring up Brock Purdy. A common question that, well, I don't know about how common it was, but a lot of people asked, you know, if, if if Davis Mills was thrown into the 49ers offense like Brock Purdy, do you think they'd get the same result? And there was points early on where I was like, ah, eh, maybe, you know, as, as we're assessing what Brock Purdy is, you're like, I don't know. Like, it seems like the system's helping him. As you watch Brock Purdy develop as a quarterback, you come to know that I, I don't necessarily think that Davis Mills gets close to the same results as Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy's just, you know, I, I think he's developed really well. And I think it's been a pro- it's been a product of the system. The system kind of babied him at first, but I think that Brock Purdy had more of an in game development plan that worked out a lot better for him than anyone could have hoped. Um, certainly in the MVP conversation, in my eyes. Um, sorry for that little side tangent on Brock Purdy, but um, lo- looking at this Texans offense, um, obviously, like I said, you know, fourth and passing. Do you foresee a universe? Do you think it's an anomaly? to think that Davis Mills could replicate like a 300-yard game against the Titans as they are. I mean, we we watched them against the, the Dolphins hold their own. Do you have any reason to be concerned based off of how the Titans performed against the Dolphins for how the Texans shape up against them?
1: I have concerns just from the simple fact that that was a really good Dolphins team, that, or it is a really good Dolphins team, that Tennessee was basically holding in check the entire time. And it, it, it kind of points to how important your number one is because much like Houston with Nico, the dolphins lost Tyree kill early and they just weren't the same team. So I really think that with a week to prepare and coming off this horrible loss, I think D'Amico and company, Bobby Sloak and company are going to be ultra motivated to bounce back. And you're going to see a better product that they put on the field. Personally, in my critique of last week's game, I thought it was more about the coaching scheme than it was about the players that were on the field. I thought that the 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 type of attack they had wasn't conducive to the conditions. And I think I mean I don't know what the weather's going to be like. I don't I mean I know uh, Nissan is an outdoor field, so hopefully the weather's better. I think that with you know natural grass and some promising weather, they can they can scheme up something that'll get them a dub.
0: I, I can't help but agree with you, and I think we, we covered this a few weeks ago. It feels like when we get into our predictions every episode that we're always going to take the Texans. It may be closer or further away, but we're kind of past the point of like not taking the Texans in any given game. Um, so, I mean, even with the the line in Vegas, I believe, shifted to like one and a half towards the Titans after the news broke that C.J. Stroud had a concussion. That's definitely a Davis Mills' starting line. So you know, take advantage of that while it lasts. Um, if you're if you're you know hopeful that Stroud's going to be back, um, looking in on the defensive side of the ball, um, obviously not our best performance. We we spoke at length in our, our recap about you know Blake Cashman and and a lot of the injuries that kind of affected both sides of the ball, but particularly on defense, it felt like losing that coverage linebacker that could hold things down kind of tanked things. Do you think the Titans? will take notes from the Jets playbook and the, and the Texans should be prepared for a lot of mesh and like, you know, flat routes from the, uh, or out, or whoo, sorry, flat routes. Or do you think that like we, we are going to see a whole different game plan?
1: I don't know. I, I constantly think that other teams would be doing their homework based on what other teams had success. And then the following week you see a totally different game plan for how to attack, uh, your team or how how, you know playing playing some daily fantasy i I feel like i would expect certain teams to play defense a certain way and then it doesn't work out that way so for me i don't know that i can say well tennessee is just going to take that blueprint that the jets had and copy that thing i don't know we'll see
0: i I mean the texans have kind of had a habit this season of of giving up a lot of yards and making you know mediocre quarterbacks look really good and so i think that that feeds into one of my, my bigger concerns. And, and that's like the reason I asked that is, is I don't know what Will Levis's strengths are, but I know that he just, just really had one good game all season. And that's like a recipe for like, you know, the Texans, that's like the, um, you know, the Derek, uh, Derek Henry annual 200 yard game, or like the Ty Hilton annual 200 yard game where you're like, Oh, I got to mark that one on the calendar. Cause like, based off everything I know, that's not actually on the field the Texans are likely going to give up a pretty big game to this guy, so I don't want to believe that that's going to happen because I haven't seen much. It seems like he's not even on the same page as DeAndre Hopkins. Every time I see them on the TV, it seems like they're he's John at Hopkins about how he's not in the right spot. You know, occasionally they they link up, but it, it feels like then. And the Titans' offense, to be fair, is 27th in the league in total offense, and passing is 27th as well in yards per game. So realistically, the bigger concern is can you. Can you contain a Derrick Henry that's not quite the same as he was you know, throughout the earlier parts of this rivalry? Um, and Tajay Ty Spears, can you hold him back? How do you think this Texans defense stacks up against the Titans run game?
1: I, it's going to be interesting. I mean, every, t- every year I want to say the Texans know exactly what the Titans are going to do. And every year he comes into Houston or, or they, they play in Tennessee and he runs for 200 yards. So the whole building can know that the Titans are going to run the football and it may not matter. Uh, This is going to be really, really a a big challenge for D'Amico to try to get his guys schemed up and coached up to be able to handle what I imagine will be something like 30 or 40 rush attempts from Tennessee, whether it is Tajay Spears or uh, Derrick Henry. And, you know, I, I, I cringe when I think about, throwing those guys in the pass game because it's something that I've seen all season long, where if you get a running back out in the space against the Texans, he eats them alive. And it bothers me because the Texans don't do it enough. I think Singletary uh, with the ball in the flat would be just absolutely a nightmare for teams. And I just don't think we do it enough. And um, that's like one of my fears going into the game is that they're going to get spears out in the space and he's just going to run all over the place.
0: No, yeah. And and I'd, I'd say that if I'm if I'm writing the keys to victory right now from the defensive perspective, my t- top of my list is stopping the not only the run game, but if we've learned anything from this past week, you know, play, you know, passing plays out into the flats, like just make sure you're 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 keeping the check downs and the, and the run plays in check is really the biggest key for me. All right. And now we can deliver our predictions for the game and get into our story time. Tom, what have you got? So, you spoke earlier about us basically
1: going to the Texan well every time. And I want to go there so bad. But I have this this fear, and I hope I'm wrong. I'll be so happy to apologize. I hope I'm wrong. But I have this fear that CJ Stroud doesn't play. And... I feel that if CJ does not play, this Texan team does not win. I would love for Davis Mills to come out, rally the troops, and just just put tons of points on the board, and him and Bobby Slowick make beautiful music together. I feel like if CJ Stroud doesn't play, let me preface it there, this is 20 to 14 Titans. Okay. All right.
0: What, What would your score prediction be if he plays?
1: If he plays, I think it's twenty-one seventeen Texans.
0: All
1: right. That's how. Like that that's game. how much of a swing I think CJ is. Whether it's him being on the field, leading successful, sustaining drives, keeping you know Tennessee on the sideline, or being able to mount a comeback if you need one or something like that.
0: Okay, I'll, I'll give mine in the same way. I I'm gonna do the story time based off the Davis Mills uh one because i i just i don't want to you know jinx cj stroud coming back and act like he is it is a concussion and statistically you know the probability of him coming back this next week is just not super high so uh my it, it, i similar to you if cj plays i'm at like 17 to 13 for the texans um but i'm going to stick with the texans with davis mills i'd just drop it down to like 13 to 10 Something like that. Some obscenely low score. Just, you know, no no reason to believe that either team's going to put up a whole lot of points. But um, for the storybook ending, the Texans are down 10-6 to against the Titans. Not what you thought it was. We're not just going to kick a field goal at the end of the game. That's not how this storybook ending goes. It's going for all intents and purposes how anyone who hates Davis Mills or just doesn't think he should have been in there is going. Mills has, like, two interceptions. 190 yards, a little over 50% of his passes completed. He he's having a rough go. One of the picks was tipped, but the other one very much was just an overthrow on Mills's part. He's just he's lucky to be in the game. He's led to, you know, the Texans to two red zone field goals. The most frustrating way for the game to go where the Texans are actually getting close and then not scoring touchdowns. Um the Titans have the ball with about 3 minutes left and they're, you know, it's going about how you would expect it to go a couple years ago, Derrick Henry, hand him the ball, boom, five yards, five yards, seven yards. And he's just tearing it up, and the clock's winding, and and as the two-minute warning's approaching, all hope seems to be lost. You, you reach that feeling that you kind of get as a Texans fan sometimes where you're like, okay, maybe it's time to turn off the TV. But then on a, on a second down in Texans territory, well within field goal range, no, absolutely zero reason for the Titans to even be thinking about doing anything. They should, they should really just knee it here, but they hand the ball to Derek Henry and Christian Harris meets him at the line and just pops it out, just gone. And then who else? But Will Anderson jumps on top of it and the Texans now have the ball just, just before the two minute warning, one timeout left and, you know, Davis Mills now has a task at hand to drive the ball 75 yards down the line, down the field to get the Texans the win. And wouldn't you know it, he he's just not looking like he's gonna do it. He actually loses five yards on the first play on a sack. Second and second and 15, two-minute warning has passed. And you know, Davis Mills drops back, nothing there, no separation. He's not getting any help from the receivers. And he rolls left, can't see anything, and he just takes off. And it's just wide open. And Davis Mills, 17-yard rush. I I hope Texans fans know where I'm drawing that one from. 17-yard rush for a first down. And then Davis Mills drops back and finally looks. And wouldn't you know it, Brevin Jordan figures out how to get open on a route. And he hits him for a nice little 20-yard scamper. They're, they're moving down the field. Um, and then Mechie. John Mechie comes onto the field. Davis Mills drops back and hits him on a nice post route. And John Mechie now has gotten the Texans within like they're, they're it's first and goal from the 10. And <coughs> and so the clock's running, the Texans have still have their timeout. There's like 40 seconds left. They hurry up to the line, spike the ball, second and ten or second and goal, one timeout, like twenty eight seconds left. They hand the ball to Damian Pierce up the middle, and for the first time all game. Damian Pierce just, he, he pierces. He just gets right through the middle. A nice nine-yard run down at the at the inch yard line, if you will. And the Texans now are scrambling. D'Amico calls the timeout. The Texans set up shop and then false start. Now we're back five yards. And then Davis Mills lines up and he fakes the handoff, rolls right, and who is there in the flat? Who else? Who else would it be but Andrew Beck, who catches the game winning touchdown pass? Kaiemi Fairbairn, if you're if he's there, hits the extra point. If he's not, then my score predictions wrong, and Matt Amendola misses the extra point and then the Texans win twelve to ten. I mean, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> and that is your probably too incredibly detailed, but definitely one hundred percent happening storybook ending from me. What do you think, Tom? <laughs> I'm just wondering like like did you did
1: did you try to get the role for the writer for Invincible? They just they just didn't get your script soon enough. Like nobody writes a better football story than this guy over here. I mean, it is far-fetched as as all get out, but
0: I I, mean, I need to I need to disclose my inspiration that that 17-yard run by by uh by Davis Mills This is definitely me playing on TJ Yates for sure. 2011 against the Bengals. That was on a third and uh, 15, though. That was was a wild play. I love using Texans history and the Texans future, if you will. (laughs) I mean,
1: just an unbelievable story. Like, I'm sitting over here muted but just laughing because I'm like, there's no way,
0: like – He's like, yeah, yeah, Andrew Beck in the flats for a touchdown. Oh, my gosh. Like, the look on your face when you, you saw me, said, I said, and Damian Pierce runs up the middle from the 10, and you're like, oh, my gosh, he's going to give Damian Pierce the game-winning touchdown. I was like, psych, and a false start. <laughs> the false start is Texans past. I don't believe
1: this iteration of the Texans makes the boneheaded play like that. Uh, they've been really good about getting in and out of the huddle. They haven't had too many times where they just didn't get the playoff or anything like that. So
0: no. Yeah. I think early in the season, that was a problem, but it's mostly kind of, you know, with CJ getting comfortable, it's not been an issue, but yeah. All right. Uh, There's one more topic. I actually want to talk about before we bring it to an end. And that is that, you know, I feel like you can't get out of this show without talking about it. We've, we've, Kind of jabbed at it. I almost didn't want to talk about it because it, it doesn't really deserve the time of day. But the Titans are wearing Oilers uniforms. You um, know, and if anyone knows my history, my dad was in the Navy, so like I spent a, a decent amount of time in Houston. But like I, we moved around a lot, so I've not always been there. And and my you know connection to that culture um, is probably not as as you know in depth as some people that are listening. But Tom being in Houston. I'd like your take. how How does how does the Titans wearing the Oilers uniforms make you feel? I'm also a little too young to have an opinion on the Oilers. They left before I was, you know, around the time I was born.
1: But how do it's, you feel about it? It's awful. I think that that is a that has been a Houston staple type thing. Even when they didn't have the Oilers, you know, we still identified. the The fan base still identified with the love you blue, the Columbia blue, you know, I mean, that was just the oil Derrick is a, is is a thing, you know, in Houston, that kind of thing, all of the ties. Right. And it just, I mean, Tennessee got rid of it so fast. They never unearthed it. And now that I believe that there's been some, some, some momentum gaining for Houston wanting to pay homage to their first franchise, uh, Tennessee just said, Nope, That's You know, not only nope, but we're going to wear it and we're going to wear it against you in our house. And for that, I hope it's Texans by a hundred and they never wear the uniform again.
0: I, I agree with you. I I mean, I don't like that. They, they took the love you blue. That was the part that really did it for me. Cause even though, like, like I said, a little young for all that. um, But that felt like that was a Houston thing. And, and so like, it's one thing to say, we own this color, which is weird, but sure you, sure you can own a color, whatever, but like, love you blue. Come on, come on. Now, did you notice that on the Titans uniforms on Monday night football, that if you look at them on their white uniforms, they have like that shade of, it looks like Columbia blue kind of as an accent color. And that's interesting to see because if you've watched anything on ESPN, 97.5 in Houston, um, or Paul Gallant and his, his background. Um, you'll see that they've, they've added that like sort of H town blue as like a theme. And a lot of the media has already seen samples of what the new uniforms are going to look like the, this early on, it was a, a wildly early amount of time that they got to see it. They all seem pretty hype about it. And the prevailing theory is, is that, th- that it will be an accent color of this H town blue. Um, so I'm interested to see, cause it could look eerily similar to what the Titans are currently wearing right now in terms of the accent. Just, just a thought. I, I, I'd hope it's not. I hope they consider that. Um, How do you feel about the new uniforms featuring like an accent color of H town blue?
1: I think I got to see it. Uh, It's easy for me to go. I want the color in something. If it's not tastefully done, like you kind of spoke to, if it looks like anything resembling anything, Tennessee, I'm going to hate it. And I really hope that it's something that kind of ties the two together and, and, It'll be a great new uniform option. I mean, personally, man, seeing them in that red,
0: I'm okay with just going straight to the red and never coming back. but I agree primary color red, that would be nice. Yeah, That'd be sick. One thing I've always said with the new uniforms is is that and it's, it's like a see it to believe it kind of thing. Um, people have, have suggested like putting horns on the helmet instead of the Texans logo, and that's something for me like it has to look good. Like, if you put horns on the helmet and they look like crap, like, everyone's going to hate it. You're going to get dogged for it. Be like, let's just wear a throwback helmet so that we don't have to deal with this, you know. So that, to me, was something. And, and I've suggested in the past, the ba- battle red as the primary color would be excellent. And it definitely needs to stay around. I um, mean, the last thing I'll say is, is that D. Texan, um, when it accounts on Instagram and Twitter, um, his concept for me is the one that, like, with the the blue, like, just changing the shade of blue from... From deep steel to uh, to like a different shade that's like lighter. Um, the shade that he picked I thought looked really good. I I would be a hundred percent okay with that as the Texans' new uniform for sure. Maybe not with the H on the helmet, although I didn't hate that. I'd maybe just stick with the logo. I don't know. Um, and yeah, that was that was it. Do you have any final thoughts before the Texans take on the the Tennessee Oilers? The I don't know the Tennessee Titans.
1: I really, really hope that uh, the Texans go in there and get a win and they'd speak to the uniform, you know? Like, I really hope they'd make it a thing. I don't think they will. I think it's going to be more about the playoffs. It's going to be more about trying to, you know, better this team. But me personally, I'm I'm, I'm here for all the, the, the drama when it comes to the uniform because I truly think the only reason the Tennessee Titans decided to wear that is because – it's something that the Texans wanted, and they didn't want it. And now it's like, oh, well, you guys want it.
0: Oh, well, then, well, I guess we'll use it. So, I've got the comparison for you. I literally sat there this weekend, I had a lot of Christmas events with the family. I was watching my um, my niece, or I have two, the two nieces. They're sitting there playing, and the older one grabs something from the bookshelf, and the younger one goes, "But I wanted to play with that." And it's like it's been on the shelf for for several days and you've never touched it and then you saw them touch it and now you want to touch it it's like well I I really want to play with it and it's like no you just want it because because they have it that's that's it so that's I think how they feel about it but my my last closing thoughts are the Texans will be playing the Titans in the, the the Oilers uniforms and that was the uniform that they were wearing when Levis made his debut and threw four touchdown passes he has not done incredibly well since, um, but maybe some combination of the uniform, the fact that the Texans love making bad passers look good. I that's my biggest concern going into this game. Outside of the Titans' run game, is simply put that. Um, on that note, thanks for listening today. Um, you know, if you liked what you heard, like, comment, subscribe. Um, I am at M1 Texans fan on social media, and Tom is Third Coast Tom. Um, the PSF app. It is an app that we are on. Uh, It's a a new way of watching sports. You're in a chat room, you join the Texans chat room, and the media casters will live stream the game so you have people to talk to. You have a chat to talk with fellow Texans fans and react to the calls in real time. That way when Quinnen Williams throws your quarterback into the ground and gives him a concussion, you can express your frustration with fellow fans from the comfort of your own couch. So download the app today and sign up and get into the Texans chat. On that note, thanks for listening today. Um, stay classy, Houston, and uh, vamos Texans. Thanks for tuning in to The Bullpen, a Texans podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network. Please like, comment, subscribe, and follow along for more Texans talk from The Bullpen.
1: Pick the